the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He's Ben Everell from Golf Bet. And in just a few minutes, first of all, we're probably going to hurt ourselves patting ourselves on the back for all our picks last week. And secondly, we'll get to all of the plays for this week's RSM Classic, the last, the 54th and final event of the PGA Tour season. I guess that means we've done 54 podcasts. That that seems like a long year. We'll get to that in just a second. Before I get to Benny, got to tell you about Bet365 because, yes, Links and Locks is presented by Bet365. And Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, see for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, You'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. Benny? Now let's get to the self-congratulatory part of the podcast where, uh, look, I, I joke, we'll get into the plays we made last week. I'm not sure we had one all year that was um, as profitable as last week's podcast, but I don't want to be that guy either. Like, I can't stand the people on social media that are like, you've got to play my parlay. I've been hitting at a rate of 93% this year, and I've I'm up. 7,000 units. It's like, I, I can't be that guy either. So I'm I'm sort of torn between, hey, we want to tell you how well we did, but we also don't want to sound like jerks who are like just pumping ourselves up the whole time. That's it, mate. Look, I'll give you the credit. How about that? And that way you're not giving yourself credit. But uh, look, you you had uh, Alex Noren as a potential winner and he was running there that whole time. It looks like he was going to do it. Uh, he ended up being one of my top 10 players, which obviously did cash. And, you know, not a big problem for you though, because although Noren... Didn't quite make it there. Finished runner-up. The man that took over was the man that you had slated in the top five scenario, uh, Camilo Vajegas. And obviously such a great feel-good uh, win for Camillo after what he had done in Mexico. Uh, you were gung-ho on saying he plays uh, good golf in bunches. I was a little bit standoffish, worried that, you know, that might have taken some gas out of his older tank. Uh, but he proved himself. Stood up when it counted. What's it, was it nine years between victories and yeah. a lot of, obviously, turmoil and in his life between then and there. So if nothing else, the last two weeks on tour, even in this full series has given us some pretty awesome storylines from two dudes to, to win under those circumstances is, is something cool, uh, you know, for all of you out there. So two things, first of all, uh, podcast producer extraordinary Matt Mitchell, uh, criticized me and, and gave me grief for the fact that I did not give out the Camilo Alex Noren exacto last week, the one, two finish, uh, which would have paid a, a handsome sum there. Sorry, Matt, my bad. I'll get you next time. Um, but also if you're going to give me credit, I will give you credit last week on the pod. 
you had Alex Noren top 10, Peter Malnati top 40, Brian Gay top 40, Adam Long top 20, Justin Lauer top 20, Taylor Pendrith top 10. Benny, good work. I don't know. There's We only play nine holes and you had like, what, six, seven winners in there? Uh, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I'll take six winners. And in, in fact, the other, the, well, the other two guys, the two winner options in the top five, they didn't win, obviously, but they all finished in the top 30. So we had a pretty good week. Uh, you know, let's hope we can do more of the same this week as the tour actually finally, as you said, comes to an end and we find out who's going to be around next year uh, in terms of who's going to be in that 125, who's going to be in the the next 10, as the tour is calling it, the 51 to 60, so they get into AT&T, Pebble Beach and the Genesis Invitational. Uh, look, we're at RSM and we've got, you know, we've played there a number of years in a row. But I do think, before we get into that, you do have to remember, as I said, that these things are on the line. This is the the Wyndham, if you will, of the last few years. This is where right. guys who uh, you might like, you have to just make sure, hang on a minute, is he 129th in the FedEx Cup? <laughs> is he fighting for his career here is he fighting for something that might make things a little more difficult or there are some players out there who really love that challenge and you know you might be just outside 60th if you will and and want to push in having a free shot at getting into those first two signature events next year you got you just got to keep that in mind when you're looking at your picks yeah so it's a, a great point by you and again this is the last the last official event of the season in, in years past it's been the last official event of the year but we've already been in season Things are changing around. Next year, we're going to a, a full calendar schedule. So uh, essentially, this is the second RSM Classic that we've had this season, just as we have throughout the fall. I know it's very confusing. All you got to do, though, is pick some winners. We're going to do that right now. We're playing 18 holes, making 18 bets. I think there's a lot of really nice options out there this week. Playing two golf courses, as always, the Plantation and the Seaside over the first two rounds, the Seaside will then take center stage for the entire weekend. Both courses right around 7,000 yards, pretty short as far as PGA Tour standards. One's a par 70, the other a par 72. That gets a little weird with first round leader bets. We'll talk about that as we continue, but let's get right into it. We want winners, Benny. Let's give him some winners. You are first on the tee. Let's go. Oh, mate, Chalky Benny is kind of back again, uh, which is... <laughs> Which is actually not necessarily the case, but I am banking on you hopefully throwing up some larger numbers today oh, yeah. as you usually like to do. Um, when I get to some long shots later, I'll throw three or four names at you because honestly, this is one of the ones where you can get, you know, easily get a triple digit winner uh, in terms of odds. So keep an, keep that in mind if you want to throw some darts uh, a little later on. But I'm going to start with a guy who hasn't played in a while, uh, but knows the area very well and is coming off a pretty epic season given that he won his first major, and that's Brian Harmon at the 16-1 to 1 sort of area. He was, I think, runner-up here last year, uh, and he's obviously done a lot more in his career since then. Uh, I feel like he'll be at a place he enjoys with basically zero pressure on his shoulders, and I expect that he will contend even off a long break uh, because of that. Look, I'd like to give you a little crap for going as chalky as possible with your first pick right off the bat, but quite honestly, these courses are set up for Brian Harmon. Um, and he lives right there. I mean, this is all, I mean, at some point, if they're going to make a tournament called the Brian Harmon Invitational, it would be this one. And, you know, yeah. just, just as Kevin Kisner for years played really good golf at this one, Brendan Todd, I'll talk about in a little bit. He's played good golf at this one. Uh, Brian Harmon is the uh, the hometown hero who 
um, should go out there and play some good one, good golf again this week. So, uh, all right, I don't mind that one. Let's get to hole number two. I always give you a long shot here, and full transparency. Last week, my long shot was Jason Duffner that I named on the podcast, but I followed that up by saying, hey, it's a good week for a triple-digit number. I also like, and gave you a couple other names, one of those was Camilo Bijegas. So that's sort of a an asterisk pick. I also had him for my fourth hole as a top five. So if you only got him for a top five and you're mad at me because you didn't play him for an outright last week, all right, sorry, my bad. But I did say I like him as well for for outright plays. So I'm going to give you my long shot play, which isn't really that long. This guy's kind of in the mid-tier right now. Find a good number because I've seen numbers anywhere from 40 to 1 to 60 to 1 right now. I believe at Bet365, he is 50 to 1 right in the middle. But Alex Smalley, I think, makes a ton of sense. He was top five here a year ago, playing some good but not great golf lately. But he's a guy that I don't think anyone would be surprised by if he goes out and gets his first PGA Tour win, and especially at a a shorter southeast golf course with Bermuda greens. There are a lot of guys that fit the profile of what we're looking for this week. I think Alex Smalley is right among them. And here, Benny, here, here's where I'm telling you, throw a couple of bucks on the triple-digit numbers. All right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm throwing them out there. I'm telling you right now, so don't get mad at me later when you go, well, you said Alex Smalley for your long shot. You didn't tell me about anyone. I'm telling you right now, Davis Riley, I've bet all these already, by the way. Davis Riley, right around 100 to 1, good, good fit for this golf course. Playing okay golf, not playing great golf, but I do like him. Robbie Shelton, starting to play some nice golf right now. Grayson Murray, who I wouldn't play anywhere else other than an outright because he's got a very high ceiling, very low floor. So it's like he's not your top 20 prop that you want to make and just be cautious with a nice little play. I think you either play him big or don't play him at all. And then Kramer Hickok, who doesn't have much of a history at this event to speak of, but does have top 15 finishes in his last two starts. So that's where I'm going with the long shots this week, Benny. Yeah, all right. I'm not going to go after you because I think, as you said, I think there's um, definitely definite value for look at those. And in fact, I'll just segue, I'll move things around. I'll go to my long shot myself here and I've, I'm going to go with, throw a few names at you as well. I start with a 90 to one uh, player who... You know, has played there, has played well once there before, but not necessarily other than that. And he was a guy who I wanted to pick last week, but he ended up not playing. That's Mackenzie Hughes. He's at like 90 to 1, someone I think that can put the dots off it if he gets going and may uh, get go low there. And then you go, I mean, you can look at guys like you mentioned him. He's not played his best golf in a long time, but this could be a out of the box week for someone like Kevin Kisner, 130, 150 to 1. Uh, and then Grayson Sig is another one I don't mind, yeah. 150 plus to one. Like that. Uh, he's had a couple of, I want to say, top 25s of, of late. He's played well at Sea Island in the past. And uh, literally, of the, he's, he's missed the cut a couple of times at Sea Island. But if, if you look at across uh, all the, the entire field, rounds only at Seaside Course, obviously, with our shot link data. But he is positive. In all his rounds on Seaside, in all strokes gain metrics across the board, there are very few players in this field that have done that. Uh, so clearly he likes something about the joint. So, you know, just a name, as I said, to throw out there in the triple-digit mar- uh, mark. Uh, look for those those three guys to potentially, you know, make a run. All right, that's seven guys in t- triple digits if you're scoring <laughs> at home that we want you to go after. So, uh, by the way, a nice little note on this event. 
In each of the last six years, the eventual winner has been 40 to one or longer. In three of those six, the winner has been triple digits. That includes, let's see, Adam Svensson. That includes Robert Streb. And that includes Tyler Duncan. Streber was 300 to one four years ago. So uh, look, there, there are some numbers to be had this time of year. We saw it last week. We've seen it before at this event. So don't be scared to, again, these are not mortgage plays. These are not, hey, let's put the house on it. These are a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. Sprinkle them around on some triple digit numbers if you've got a little bankroll there and uh, see if you can hit one of those lottery tickets. I'll go to the fourth hole. And uh, if we had Chalky Banner, well, let's get to Chalky Jason a little bit. I don't often go too chalky, but this is a guy who I like in the short term, but I really like in the long term. I think it's going to be a breakthrough year in 2024 for Corey Connors. The guy has been fantastic. T to green for about two or three years now. It's just going to take like a, a couple of putting tips where he goes, oh, I did this or oh, like Brad Faxon came over and said, hey, why don't we work together for a few weeks? Something nice is going to happen for Corey Connors on the greens, and all of a sudden the guy's going to look like a superstar. I don't know if it's going to last all year. I don't know if it wins a major, but at some point he's going to win something better than the Valero Texas Open. I will take him right here for a top five at plus 650. Hmm. I might get to Corey a little later in uh-huh. the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> we- I thought you might. <laughs> Those who listen regularly uh, will understand that completely. Uh, so anyway, well, let's just go into who I'll pick for a top five then. Uh, and it's not Corey. We'll get to him later. Uh, I'm going to go off the back of what you did last week and say, you know what? This guy played great. I think he's going to continue it. And I'm going to say Alex Noren is going to continue his form after almost winning in Bermuda. Uh you look, another runner-up for him, another. He's a 10-time winner on DP World Tour, but hasn't quite been able to get it done on the PGA Tour. I think, if not now, when kind of thing. This is He's in great form. He likes the joint. Uh, two top, what, top 18s in his last three at, at Sea Island. So uh, I'm going to say that Noren can continue his form and you get about plus 650-ish or so for a top five. I think you'll be a contender again. I thought we had it. Look, I, I had an EVR ticket two weeks ago. I had a Bajegas ticket this past week. I had much more of an investment on Alex Noren. That would have been better for me, but I can't root against Camilo. So, I mean, that was, it was fun yeah. to see, but yeah, the, the Noren ticket this past week, that was, that was a big one. That that would have been really nice. So uh, he led after the first round, led after the second round, led after the third round and finished in second place. That's pretty much how it goes <laughs> when you're betting on golf over here. So uh, in any case, yes, I, I do like it for this week. I will get to uh, the sixth hole and go right to another guy who essentially I'm looking for the same thing you just said there with Camilo. So two weeks ago, Camilo finished tied for runner up in Mexico. He winds up winning the next week. Who is he tied for runner up with Matt Kuchar, who wound up making a par on the final hole lost by two to Van Royen, who of course made an Eagle on that hole. Matt Kuchar didn't play last week. He comes back to a place where he knows really well. He's lived in sea Island in the past. Also, Matt Kuchar, currently 52nd in the world. If he wants to get back into the Masters where, oh, by the way, he had a great run from 2012 to 2017, four top eight finishes. During the last decade, he never missed the cut at Augusta. So he's a guy that's played some great golf at the year's first major championship. I will take him for a top 10 this week at plus 425, keeping those good vibes going from what was the first 71 holes, if not 
72 holes in Mexico a few weeks ago. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, um, not not much of a, a Kucha better myself, but uh, yeah, that that makes plenty of sense because, as you said, he knows the area, he knows the thing. He's, he's well-versed in what he's doing there. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, he likes it um, when he gets on a roll. Like he gen- tends to put a few together, so I can see that. All right, what hole are we up to? Let's go for the next seven. one here. Let's go seventh. I'll give you a top ten for myself. And this one, rather than being about what he's done at RSM in the past, it's about what he's done in the fall. And I'm going to keep riding the horse while he keeps firing well. Uh, we're talking about guys who, you know, have an opportunity to win this week. That's what this is. Is also also another chance for those guys on the peripheral that haven't won, that have been threatening to win, uh, may may be able to jag this before we get into the new season next year and i'm going to go eric cole for a top 10 at plus 330 he's just been ridiculously good he's going to be the hands down arnold palmer award winner as the rookie of the year why not cap it off with a potential win again uh, i'm going to go somewhat conservative because he's been top five master for a while uh, at the top 10 at plus 330 i'm going to talk about eric cole in a few minutes now that that doesn't mean what you think it might mean i'm not going all the way there but uh, I do have a, a place for Eric Cole on the card this week. All right, uh, getting to the eighth hole. First, let me give you my top 20 play. It's sort of a conservative top 20. Again, maybe a little bit chalky, but if you're going after those lottery tickets this week, which again, the past has shown this time of year and this specific event, yeah, you can hit some of those triple-digit numbers. Now, if you're trying to counteract playing those big numbers with some chalkier and more conservative plays in your props. I love Steven Yeager for a top 20 this oh, yeah. week, plus 210. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's finished top 20 in four of his last nine, really been showing a very high floor right now. I don't know that the ceiling has yet been reached for Yeager. I do think wow. he's got the kind of ceiling where he can win on the PGA Tour, but what he's shown us over the last four to six months, maybe even longer, is that he's a guy that consistently week in, week out, can play some very good golf. So I like him for a top 20 once again this week. Yeah. Henderson, uh, another one of those guys, as I said, he seems to be knocking, 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 knocking on the door a few times and just needs that one little thing to fully get it together. So we'll see if he can continue that for your card. I'll give you my top 20. And this is, uh, it's top 20. It's only plus 160. And honestly, I think this is, this guy could easily win this tournament. So if you feel, uh, stronger than I do as I said this is that one I try to do something as a bit of a bank builder and for me this is it because I do think this putting guru uh, can win this week that's Denny McCarthy um, yeah. look he's just absolutely you know on fire he and again I talked about strokes gain on this course in the past and when players have played no one in this field over the last I think five editions has putted better than Denny McCarthy uh, despite whatever his results were so uh, he obviously he knows all greens, but he has worked these ones out as well. So Danny McCarthy is a conservative top 20 for me at plus 160. I think if he gets it rolling, he could absolutely win this thing. So when I first posted the initial odds to Twitter, or the former Twitter, now called X, on Monday morning, (laughs) our friend Will Haskett, who I do a lot of radio with, replied with a one-word reply saying, Denny Using the, and I had to look up what this is called because I want to reference it, the money mouth face emoji. Okay. That's yeah. the one with the dollar signs for eyes and dollar signs yeah. with a green tongue. 
I, I guess you got to call it something. It's called Money Mouth Face. And so uh, if Will is good with going Money Mouth Face for Denny, I'm good with that as well. And you're right. He, look, no surprise. He's one of the best putters in the world and puts even better on Bermuda golf courses. A shorter course fits his game. Uh, this could be a very good place for McCarthy. Oh, and look at that on my card. I do have some McCarthy coming up as well. I'll tell you about him in just a few minutes. But first, as we make the turn, I, I don't know what the club special is over at Sea Island. I, I, I'm guessing we get some uh, Southern Soul barbecue. The one time I covered this event, yeah. I had some Southern Soul on the range and a bunch of picnic tables and just hanging out with players, eating some really good barbecue, which come to think of it, I'm not sure why I'm not there this week because that seems like reason enough. But before we go too far, one more reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions, as always, apply. Okay. Benny, we make the turn. We get to the 10th hole. I'm up. And boy, when we record on a Monday afternoon, usually there's we're not quite sure about first-round leader plays because we don't have the tee times yet. This week, we don't have the tee times yet, and we don't know who's on what golf course. Now, last year, uh, you're giving me a look. You might know something I don't, but <laughs> last year, the plantation course yielded the low 18-hole score of the first day. Cole Hammer shot an 8-under 64. Meanwhile, on the seaside course, Bo Hostler only shot a 6-under 64. How do you grade those? Hopefully, and most books will separate them. If they're not separating, I, I think you play somebody from the plantation course just because they can shoot lower under par, but it, they should be separated in most books. Again, I don't know who's playing where yet. You might have some insight as to that. I'll give you two names instead of just one, just so you can hedge your bets a little bit for the plantation and the seaside. One is Russell Henley, and Russell Henley's number, by the way, in a couple of books that I was looking at, quickly too quickly on Monday, went from 25 to one to 16 to one outright. I assume the first round leader number is gaining, getting shorter as we're speaking right now too. Uh, he's a guy that's a terrific ball striker. When he gets hot with the putter, he can go super low. Uh, so I'm not going too far down the board with Henley. And the second guy is a guy that you mentioned just a few minutes ago, who has either been first round leader or come close to being first round leader on a number of occasions here in his rookie season, and that's Eric Cole. And so, again, yeah, check out the courses, check out the list, check out what it looks like. It, it might not be till Tuesday afternoon that these are even available, but I'll give you two options there. Yeah, I like it. Look, um, I don't have much information because what I have seen in terms of potential featured groups, et cetera, are not confirmed. Uh, so this could swap around, and it did swap around about six times between now and uh, when it actually went 
um, out last week at the same time period. Um, in saying that, because we have the two courses, morning, afternoon is not that big of a split either. There's definitely much more concern that you get the right course if they don't split the courses rather than um, the time of day, if you will, because they're, they're more congested um, across both courses. In saying that, uh, I do believe that your man Henley is slated for a later tea time in the opening day. Later, not that late. Don't right. know which course. Uh, and the guy that I'm going to go to, as I like to, Chalk Master Benny, deciding this is where I would look at Ludwig Aubert uh, in the market because I am expecting him to go early, uh, potentially on the easier course on Thursday morning. Uh, again, not confirmed. We'll wait and see if that turns out to be the case. Uh, but with that being said, he's one of the, he's the, you know, in terms of current form worldwide, it's hard to say anyone else has been better over the last couple of months. The kid's a stud. I just don't like the the really low odds we're getting for someone who hasn't won on the PGA Tour yet. Uh, so I, I'd rather have a crack at that first round lead, see how he goes, and then decide if I want to jump on. Because what's been happening, he's been the guy that essentially I've been fading in all these tournaments after one round because... Right his number has been way too low. And then he, he makes the charge, he comes up and finishes well, but the numbers are just too low for what you should be getting in those scenarios. So while that's still the case, I'm going to try to get more value elsewhere. And Aubert, first-round leader, is where I potentially look to get on him so, if you want to do so before the first round. Benny, as you were talking there, I looked up his numbers, and in his last four PGA Tour starts, I'm like, wow, Ober is really good in the opening round, his, his four Thursday scores, 66, 67, 69, 68. Man, that's a guy you want to chase on a Thursday. And then I go, wait, his Friday scores are 66, <laughs> 69, 69, 65. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's really good. Then I go, whoa, hang on a second. His <laughs> Sunday scores in his last four, 67, 68, 62, 64. So yeah. I don't know, like first round is actually his like third best of the <laughs> four rounds. Uh, third round, he's had a couple of uh, 70 uh, rounds in the 70s. So, you know, obviously he's terrible on Saturdays. I, I kid, I kid. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, first round leader, last round leader. I don't know. Just take uh, Obear wherever you like him. But um, it, it'll be a fade for me just because the number is too short this week. It's a golf course that so many guys know really well, and he's right. never played at a little bit of a disadvantage. But again, He's so good that we talk about it all the time. At some point, he's, he's just going to start winning stuff on the PGA Tour just because he's good enough. Yeah, and as I said, like, uh, really, it's more it's a more a scenario where I'm I'm a sit back and wait with him. But if you feel the need, if you really want to get him at the start, as I said, I, I would lean potentially towards that hot start first round to get some odds. Rather, otherwise, just wait because unless he dominates that first round you're going to get similar odds or maybe even slightly better odds uh, after that first round or even after two rounds because of the changes in courses. That's another thing. Look to come into action, if you like, after the first two rounds. Make sure you check at the guys who how they played Seaside. I got that right where, right where we play the final two rounds. Yep. That's similar to what happens at Torrey Pines when we play there. Don't get sucked in to the Torrey Pines North, North score before they go play the South twice. Similar vibe. Um, don't get sucked in by one side if they haven't necessarily played well at Seaside um, and see what, what happens there. Uh, yeah, so look, I am just I guess what I'm really saying here is Aubert, hold and then jump on if you think he's close enough to make that run that he's been making 
over the last uh, few months. That makes sense. Uh, let me get to the 12th hole here. And Benny, this time of year, we're always looking at who's going to be the next big thing coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. And I think just because we want to romanticize it a little bit, I think we usually look to the guys who are going to be rookies and say, man, this guy hasn't played too many PGA Tour events, but he could be a superstar at the next level. Well, a lot of times it just doesn't work out that way that, you know, the rookies aren't necessarily the best players coming off the Corn Ferry. It might be a guy who's been there, done that, has the experience yeah. of playing on the PGA Tour, maybe lost his card and is now coming back. That's the case for my guy here, Ben Coles, who just happened to lead the Corn Ferry Tour points list this past season, won twice early in the year, but finished with a flourish, four top 10 finishes in his last five starts. I'm going to go with Ben Coles for a nice, cautious, conservative top 30 at this one, but keep an eye on him throughout the next 12 months. He's a guy that's going to, make some noise on the PGA Tour, I think, in his next go-round. He's, like I said, played a few seasons out there already, won't be starry-eyed by the fact that he's playing against the world's best, won't try to be figuring out uh, where to stay and where to eat and where the locker room is. Again, been there, done that, lost his game a little bit, has his game now. I think big things are coming. Okay. Well, speaking of guys who know where the locker room is and know the place backwards and frontwards and sideways and everything else, I'll give you a very conservative plus 110 top 40 play. And I think there's a few other names that I can throw you away or at least the same similar style of player. And that is a veteran who has played there a zillion times and done very well in the past in Webb Simpson. Plus money for a top 40. I think Webb could possibly do that with his eyes closed. He's played so well and so much there in the past. And just, just some basically look for the, some of those veterans. I mentioned Kisner before. Not necessarily have they been playing great of late, but if you can get plus money to a place that they love just turning up and knocking it around, I think even what is old man Padraig Harrington might be another one that you can probably find plus money. Zach Johnson, if he is playing, I think he might be playing yeah. this week. Yep. Zach Johnson, another guy that, look, you, it would not surprise me if they you know, end up finishing 23rd, 28th, you know, like, and even throw their name up early on a leaderboard where you go, whoa, where have they been? Um, top 40 players at plus money for a few veteran guys who don't need to bomb it this week, just need to know the courses, and they do very well. Uh, Webb Simpson headlines that sort of group for me at plus money for a top 40. Zach Johnson is very interesting. He's not a guy that I mentioned in my preview content at Action Network this week, but I thought about him afterwards, and I thought, you know, we've seen some instances in recent years where, not like the old days where, a guy would captain the Ryder Cup, and that was sort of like th the end. Like that was yeah. kind of, you know, he's 54 years old. He captains the Ryder Cup, might go play a few more events, but isn't really competitive anymore. I feel like with all the weight of the Ryder Cup gone from his shoulders, don't be surprised if Zach Johnson plays decent golf on those golf courses that fit his game, which are few and far between. But if there's a couple, they're the ones that they're playing this week. This should uh, be a good week for Zach Johnson. I Look, I, I don't mind playing Zach Johnson up to a top 20, maybe even a top 10 yeah. this week. I think that's uh, pretty smart with a big number next to his name. All right, 14th hole, another guy that you have mentioned already, Benny. We talked about him. I'm going to play him in a matchup. Denny McCarthy, uh, I'm essentially going with the putter over the driver. Denny McCarthy, one of the game's best putters. Keith Mitchell, one of the game's best drivers of the golf ball. Guess what? Uh, putting is way more important this week than off the tee numbers. It's just it, not a long golf course. Doesn't really suit Keith Mitchell's game. Doesn't mean he can't play well. Look, 
I have waited 10 and a half months for Keith Mitchell to bring his best stuff to the PGA Tour. I'm sure he wants one last chance to prove me either right for picking him every week or wrong for picking against him this week. But uh, I've been waiting for Keith Mitchell to uh, to show us his best stuff. I, I'm very disappointed, quite frankly, in him. I, he's a guy that I like a lot, really well-spoken, fun guy, easy to root for. I still think next year is going to be a good one for him. You don't drive it that well and not contend for a few more titles, but it just never really happened for him this year. And again, I'm going with the course fit in McCarthy over Mitchell at minus 110 at bet 365. Yeah, I, I think that he's one player that needs a reset, right? Like needs it to be end of the season, even if just mentally, where he can yeah. s- switch it off and go, okay, fresh start, off we go. Um, because he's way more talented than what he's necessarily put up uh, over the last sort of 12 months or so. So, yeah, I can see, I can, well, and as you know, I'm a big Denny fan this week. So I like that decision from you there. Um, all right, let's see. 15th, I'm going to throw out a, a random one that I never usually advocate for this sort of okay. thing. But given that I've been spent my, uh, my entire morning on this Monday morning with my head buried deep in things like the Netflix Cup, uh, Formula <laughs> One drivers playing golf, why not get a little crazy and go into a market this week that I don't usually? And that is the yes to a playoff market at plus 350. We have seen plenty of playoffs at the RSM in, in the past, not, not the last two years, but prior to that, they were very regular. And I just have a feeling that the end of season and all that stuff that's going on is going to have some congestion at the top of the leaderboard and give us another storyline. So why not have a playoff? Because it could be the difference between one guy getting in and one guy not. Um, why not give us something to try to entice people to turn over from the NFL and see how the tournament finishes? Sure, why not? I, I like <laughs> it. I, look, the last two weeks, and I joked about this on my radio show today, but uh, the uh, the Hollywood uh, Hollywood is is essentially even the um, strike. How, how do I want to say that? Ho- Hollywood has ended the strike with the writers over the last yep. week or two, and obviously yep. the PGA Tour script writers are are <laughs> part of that because uh, you guys at the tour could not have gotten two better storylines the past couple yep. of weeks and emotional, heartfelt stories, uh, human interest stories, both Eric Van Royen and Camilo Bijegas. If we're looking for that narrative to continue, yeah, maybe it continues with, man, we got a bunch of really good stories at the top of the leaderboard. Look, they're all tied and they're all going to a playoff together. And so, uh, yeah, I, I certainly could see something weird happening at the end of this one. All right, getting to the 16th hole. I thought this one was very interesting, Benny, at least from an outright perspective. Uh, last week, Brendan Todd opened at 16 to 1, the second player on the board, second favorite behind only Adam Scott. I think he eventually Akshay Batia and Alex Noren, maybe one other caught him and they were all kind of tied for second, depending on the book. But uh, for the most part, Brendan Todd was up there, almost the favorite in Bermuda. He finished in 20th place and it made sense. Then it, three of his last six right. have been inside the right. top seven. Yes. Yeah. You loved him. Finished 20th last week. The first two rounds were really good. Third round, couple over par, fourth round, pretty good again. So it's not like he played terribly. This week, he opened at 50 to 1 in some books. He's down now. He's been bet down already to about 40 to 1. In the player finishing position market, he is 50th or better on a golf course that is absolutely perfect for him, a place he knows really well. He's playing really good golf. He's in form. This is the smash of the century, I feel like. Uh, Brendan Todd, 
to finish inside the top 50? Yeah, I love that. Unless, look, he's not going to miss fairways, not going to miss greens. That's what he does. That putter's got to go extremely cold for Brendan Todd to not be up there. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I got Brendan Todd 50th or better at minus 120. I'm glad you got a Todd bet in there because now I don't feel as – I feel like because I haven't got him on my list after having him multiple times, he's going to probably win going away. But <laughs> I didn't pick him this week, uh, but not for any other reason. I just was giving some other guys a run. I think you're 100% right. Like if he's – he just – all he needs is his head in the game. That's it. If he puts his head in the game, the course is for him, the, everything sets up for him. And 50th is a very generous, very generous uh, position to be better than so uh yeah i hadn't noticed that market and if i had have i would have been with you it sounds like a smash to me um that'll take me to who i am gonna say who's going to win this week and we did mention him earlier as you said and i think it's going to be another canadian we're going to have the canadian double after svensson last year i think Corey connors is the man who can come i guess into the fall and prove that this is a, a the type of place he can win at i think he's been 26th or better in four of his last five starts. He's an approach game approach game savant. Uh, he's had a couple of decent results at Sea Island without necessarily, you know, fully contending. You mentioned it earlier. He needs his putter to be at least half decent. This is a course where you must putt well uh, to be up there. Uh, but he has a pretty good strike rate at rounds in the 60s. He he doesn't necessarily have to do anything this week. I think the pressure's off him when he goes there. I just, for whatever reason, really like Corey Connors. I think with the President's Cup in Canada next year, uh, he knows he wants to kickstart and, and have a big year and, and be back on that team and, and prove himself. So uh, my mate Corey, the international man, he's going to get it done. Look, I said it earlier. I've got him for a top five this week, so it would not surprise me whatsoever. And I even more so. I mean, if you're looking for more long-term than short-term, Corey Connors is going to have a big 2024. There's there's a couple of wins coming in his future. All right, we get to the last hole. I cannot believe you didn't mention this player's name, Benny. Maybe he's too American okay. for you. I don't know. Maybe if he's Australian, <laughs> you might get on. But Yeah, it must be. Uh, this is a guy who's been in terrific form over the last four months. He's finished in the top 25 in seven of eight starts, top 15 in five of those eight starts. And in those eight, he's gained strokes with his irons in seven of them. And those are the last seven. It's only the... I want to guess. Eight. I'm trying to figure out who this Most is. Recent. And then he's gained strokes oh, with his putter oh, in all eight of them. I know who I mean, it is. Like, literally everything works here. History, okay, he's missed the cut a bunch of times at this event, but he also has that, a couple of nice cool. finishes. And I love the number, too. He opened it 35 to 1. He's now at 30 to 1. It's getting bet down a little bit, but JT Poston yeah. makes so yeah. much sense to me at this event. I like everything about him. He's playing some terrific golf. The courses should suit him. Uh, I am not chasing a whole bunch of guys at the top of this board. In fact, it'll probably just be, for me, Poston, Smalley, and then a bunch of guys uh, at, at triple-digit numbers. But of the top-tier players this week, JT Poston makes a tremendous amount of sense. He's been playing better golf than I think most people realize. And I hope to yeah. jump on that on the last event of the year, Benny. Yeah, I mean the postman should deliver, right? Like literally, hey. I, I was trying to I was trying to figure out who you were going with, and I was, you know, the, the notes that I had, and then I realized that the only cross I had next to that name was uh, actual history at the course at, yeah. at the island, right? Like, but again, 
it should be a place where he should, you know, we should see a couple of top tens next to his name because it's sort of built for him and the type of thing where he can deliver. And again, it, it, all in, all he needs to do is have some level of reasonable accuracy into the greens and get the putter going. And that's the type of player that wins here and, and could easily win again. So you said started at 35 to one. That's uh, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you got that, good luck to you. Um, that, that'd be something that you, you might be enjoying come later in the week. Yeah, look, um, I guess I just ran out of names, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's one I missed. So I'm going to give you kudos there for picking him up, especially at 35. I think he can absolutely contend amongst all the names we've said today. Yeah, I love that. But what I don't love is this is our last podcast of the year, Benny. I'm a little hey, sad. Yeah. I, can, can you and I still talk every once in a while, even if we're yeah, not doing the podcast? You know, text or whatever else. I mean, you know, <laughs> look, uh, you, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to get together for like Tigers event or the Australian Open or something like that. <laughs> Let's, you know what? I I have not talked to the the folks that that run things. Uh, Matt Mitchell, who I mentioned earlier, is now probably mad at me that um, you know I threw him under the bus earlier in the pod. So I'll probably I, I don't know if that means he's going to make us do more podcasts or he won't let us do more podcasts. I'm not sure what the greater punishment is, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll be back for a Grant Thornton or for a Hero World Challenge. PNC is always fun. I love betting on 14, 15 year old kids. That's a, a big hobby of mine. So I don't know. Maybe we'll be back for another one soon. But for the last PGA Tour event on the schedule, the last of 54, I didn't even realize it was that many on the schedule just because we had sort of a, a super year with everything going on starting, uh, what, uh, 14 months ago and going through this week. But it's been a blast. We've been here every single week during the entire PGA Tour season. And if you're just catching on now, if we're not back in the next few weeks, I I promise we'll be back in January for the Century Tournament of Champions uh, because we're here every week during the entire PGA Tour season. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's RSM Classic. Here's hoping you hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.